0: Hello and welcome to all of our travelers and tourists, our vagabonds and sole vagants. Welcome to episode 20 of the Untranslatable podcast. Today we are bringing you a special edition for all of our travelers and tourists out there. Episode 20 is focused on tourist do's and don'ts. So please pay attention because we will be dropping some serious knowledge bombs on all of you this evening. I'm with my amazing co-host, who I believe is a true traveler and maybe not a tourist, but I could be wrong. My good buddy Jared, what's going on, Jared? Hello, hello. According to the
1: quiz I took privately, you know, we didn't have time to do both of us on the uh, on the uh, show because Chad required two screens for his uh, for That's just right. him. Hypothetical <laughs> and real. That's right. <laughs> so we only did Chad. So when I did it in my private time, I said I was expert traveler.
0: Did it really? Like, are you being serious? <sighs> No, you're not. Oh, you you had me fooled. (laughs) I wanted to keep the light going when
1: I was like, "Why would I? What's the point?" (laughs) (laughs) No, I I never did it. Appreciate the
0: honesty, Jared. (laughs) Uh,
1: But please, first of all, everyone, follow us on Twitter. Untranslatable one. I drop hilarious gems like that where leave you guys at the edge of your seat, wondering, "Oh no, he didn't, did he?" That's right. No, I probably didn't. Or you could see uh, pictures that I believe exist somewhere in the ethos. Somewhere. Somewhere in the far cloud, I believe they call it, of Chad in, in Czech Republic. For all I know, he just painted his room purple uh, one night. I did. And he's in the exact same place he's always been.
0: You caught, you caught me. But, for, but,
1: but just in case he wants to drop a gemola on all of us, untranslatable podcasts on Instagram, or you can email us at untranslatable podcast at gmail.com tell us uh, about maybe some of your um tips that uh, that sh- that some some things you like to remind yourself when you're going on a trip and also something i need to figure out with chad is I, we kind of talked about this on a previous episode but i feel like it requires and deserves revisiting can you be a tourist and that not be an offensive word right that's Is there it, a way to be a tourist and not be used as an insult? I think you can be a tourist.
0: I agree. I just think uh, depending, like we said in our our uh, previous episode about uh, being a tourist, it just depends on how you define it, right? So um, I, I would agree with you, though. I guess I think, that's fair. I think tourists aren't always a negative thing. Um, I think uh, like anything in life, though, uh, you should be a tourist in mod- in moderation, right? You don't want to be that. Stereotypical tourist with your fanny pack And if you're, uh, if you're an American You're wearing like your Hawaiian shirt And your sandals and socks or Tommy something. Tommy
1: Bahama That shirt costs
0: $65 Really? Interesting, okay <laughs> Well $65 I have gladly saved then, Jared What can I say?
1: Actually, I actually have no idea how much a Tommy Bahama shirt costs But I feel like they're expensive It's on the expensive side of uh, Somerset Mall in Michigan
0: Okay, fair enough
1: Do you know that mall? You're not from that area
0: I'm, I've never been to that mall, no
1: Okay, yeah. No, there's no reason why you would. Anyway, um I mean because like for example, we we had an episode a while ago about about Italy. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to visit Italy and other places. Ideally, yes. And um you're going to be a tourist, right? Uh, or, or most
0: definitely. Absolutely. I
1: think but are you, so is are, can you accept that as a as a thing and not and it not be like a negative thing? Will you take pictures of anything?
0: I don't know. I'm not going to tell you yet so I can keep you keep you on your toes. Oh man. Got to keep got to keep those pictures on the cloud in the ethos uh up, when up is for is question. It, mm-hmm.
1: This and this is an honest question because I struggle with this too. Mm-hmm. And uh, when is it acceptable to take pictures? I think well here here's the thing, Jared. I can tell because you because this I, shit is beautiful, is it not? Right. But see here's
0: here's the thing. I think if you immediately go to take a picture, and I think they've actually done some research on this. If you immediately go to take a picture of something, you don't actually value it as much if you like kind of take it in first, right? So like if I go somewhere, I would rather stand there and look at it for a minute or two and then maybe take a picture. But some people- Soak it in. Exactly. Because so so many people, especially in our generation, you know, with with their selfie sticks and their smartphones, they're just always trying to take pictures- immediately and for me i would rather you know i'm gonna remember this far longer in my mind ideally than i will based on a picture on my phone and for me it's more about the experience and not about the picture and not about the social media likes but i think for some people they care more about the social media likes than the actual experience you know yeah
1: no i feel like that was got a little personal at the end but uh how'd that get personal (laughs) at the end why do you do that no 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 uh, but, uh, no, I, I don't even really post that much on, on I mean, I, especially outside of the uh, untranslatable stuff On my own personal stuff, I almost never post anything I'm what they call a lurker Me too I think that's the uh, proper oh, term Oh, me too
0: A lurker we both, we both have been lurking
1: Yeah, 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 yeah I like the lurk lifestyle I, I don't believe I have anything of worth or interesting to say No? As I talk into this microphone
0: Fair enough well, I thought you were going to enlighten me a little bit, Jared, because I've spent a few days in the Czech yes. Republic now. Um, yes. Well, almost a week, and uh, I would love to learn more about the country, and uh, I thought you said you might be able to enlighten me with some fun facts.
1: I did. I did. See, that's that's you noticing that I haven't been following along to our... <laughs> uh...
0: <laughs> Somebody's got to
1: keep you in line, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> um I do. You know, you've been there for a couple of days, and I, I, I like that you like to immerse yourself in the culture. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd like to give you some fun, fun facts just to help you, you know, if you need to whip it out every now and again and just be like, hey, oh, you think I'm a... Hey, did you know um, Czech Republic is west of the west? During the Cold War, Czechoslovak- Czechoslovak- Czechoslovakia <laughs> was considered part of Eastern Europe. However, Prague is... Actually, further west than Vienna, Austria, yes. which is considered part of Western Europe. Yes. Historically speaking, the Czech Republic should be considered part of Central Europe rather than Orthodox Eastern Europe. Correct. Did you know that?
0: I, I actually did know that. And the only reason, I why, I, the only reason why I knew that is uh, just like our podcast, I tried to do a decent amount of research before I came here. Um, and, and yes, a big pet peeve, I think, for a lot of Czech people is when uninformed tourists come. See, there you go. I just said it. I think it's, if you're <laughs> uninformed an uninformed tourist, that's bad. And you put that bad. emphasis on the T. Di- <laughs> I did. I did. Got to keep it spicy. You know. Uh, but yeah, so I think if you're informed and you're a tourist, it's not nearly as bad. But anyways, uninformed tourists will ask Czech people sometimes, oh, what is it like living in Eastern Europe? And as you said, g- if you look on a map, they're not in Eastern Europe. They're It's geographically pretty much dead center. I think the yeah, issue but- is... Most, especially Americans that I know, they associate the center of Europe to countries they know more about, like France, Germany, maybe even Spain. But geographically, they're pretty far west, right?
1: Yes, and I think that also goes to stereotypes too, because I think there is this like stereotype of uh, Eastern Europe being like, uh, like different than like it's mm-hmm. like especially oh, like because people say that it's. So, I, I heard a lot about, for example, Poland. Mm-hmm. And it's like Poland has one of the like best economies in Europe. It's hilarious that she, that people say that. Right. Uh, but um but yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it's that's also just stereotypes and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean you do know that I, I I'm saying you do know, but I don't know if you know this, but I believe you do that Czech Republic is number one in beer drinking mm-hmm. country in the world. Do I could you know have told you that? Yes, I figured that. But there's a second part to this. Okay. So it's they're known for the pilsners. I'm. I'm. Uh, that's that's their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, do you
0: know when it was first brewed in Czech Republic? It was sometime in the 1400s, wasn't it? No, sir. Later or earlier? Earlier. 1200s. Earlier. Re- Pilsner,
1: you mean? Pilsner. Really? Uh, the Czech city of Pilsner. Pilsen. Uh, Pilsen is home to Pilsner. Uh, former Czech president Vaclav Havel mm-hmm. used to take uh, visiting heads of state to local pubs to have beer. Beer is known to have been brewed here since 19, uh, excuse me, since
0: 993. Oh, uh, but just beer, not necessarily Pilsners, right? Oh, fair enough. See, okay, because see, I was thinking pilsner. I think I'm so bad at these. You're good. I think I think (laughs) I think think pilsners, though, it was around the 1400s. I could be wrong. Okay, but yeah, beer beer. What's so special about pilsner? It's just I think the way that probably the different ingredients or the different brewing process. Maybe I I guess there. I guess there was a time when when that smoothness was
1: probably way more. uh, I don't know if groundbreaking is the right word, but way more appreciated. Probably, then, because I think pilsners a lot of times are underappreciated these days.
0: I, I would agree, but I think some of that has to do with all of the craft beer culture, um, and, and and the pilsners that that Americans get associated with, right. is Like,
1: you know, Budweiser,
0: right? And actually, the the f- interesting Speaking thing about the, about Czech <laughs> is that's where the original Bud Budweiser, which they call Budvar, um, came from, which I think actually tastes really good i like that beer yeah. yeah i do too it blew yeah. a couple of my friends minds um because they believe it or not do drink american budweiser which i i don't really understand but hey to each his own um but i told them i was like you know that's actually originally from the czech republic and they were like what no way that
1: uh, well when i remember when i first i think the first time i heard about it was when i studied abroad in austria and mm-hmm. uh it kind of i wouldn't say it blew my mind but i was like oh that's interesting right that like uh but I, how do I mean? I'm asking you questions I don't know if you know the answer to. But how does that work? Like like Budvar is is Czech is the the Czech way of saying Budweiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, like wh- how is that? Re- what's that relation like?
0: Um, I uh, well, I'm trying to. I I don't really know, so I'm trying to do my quick research on the on this right here. Um, Budvar from Budweis, a brewery because- in the Czech city of. Um, Chesky, um, Bud, Budjovice, I think, um, German is Budweis. best known for its original Budweiser or Budweiser Budvar, pale lager brewed using, ooh, artesian water. I don't really know what that means. Oh, right here. Artesian water is water from a confined aquifer containing groundwater under positive pressure, this causes the water level in a well to rise to a point where the hydrostatic equilibrium has been reached. So I think in fancy words, it just means that it's it's water that um, uh, basically has different chemicals in it because of the the way it comes up through the ground. I could be wrong, though. But I guess what's different here is that the barley is from Moravia, um, and then they have um, hops from uh, um, Saz, which right here, according to Wikipedia, it's a noble variety of hops um, which is named after the czech city of um, um jatek this hop is used extensively in bohemia to flavor beer such as czech pilsner there you go um but i'm not really sure why what the what the difference is but here this looks interesting There Cat. was a trademark dispute um, so the company states that by modifying the recipe it, be, it, it brews different types of budweiser um, so they have all sorts of different kinds, but I don't. Did <laughs> you see that the
1: uh, I, I I saw something about the trademark dispute as well. Okay. The trademark dispute has been going on since 1907. Yep. Yep. And uh, and it's and and I think it seems like there. It seems like Budvar, the Czech company, is mm-hmm. claiming that Budweiser stole their name.
0: Uh, right. I. Th- yeah. I would. So I there would is really re-
1: no relation.
0: No, there's not. Uh-uh. I okay. don't think so either. Um, It's just the name, it seems like. Right. Um, Yes. But interestingly enough, right here, according to the trademark dispute, Budweiser sells its beer as Bud in most of the European Union. Kind of interesting.
1: Right, 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 right. Which makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. I'm sure where in the market of, of Budvar Budweiser it's much harder to get away with.
0: Right. Yeah, that would make sense. I
1: would agree. But with it's you probably there. easier to get away with here where the I guess we have Budvar is not as popular.
0: Right. You'd have to go to like a yeah, like a, a world market or somewhere where they specialize in foreign stuff.
1: Yeah. My grocery store uh, in Michigan had a uh, pretty extensive beer collection. It was pretty great. So did mine,
0: actually. I, I would agree. Mine even had Pilsner Urquell, which is also a very, very famous Czech Pilsner. Mine did too, yeah. So what other Czech fun facts do you have for me, Jared? Uh, oh, I was going to read more about that trademark dispute. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: um, let's see. Ch- the Czech Republic is the castle capital of the world.
0: I did not know that. It It makes sense, though. I mean... There are castles in all sorts of small towns scattered throughout the Czech Republic. There's a beautiful castle in Prague. Um, So I guess that makes sense. Given its
1: location in the center of Europe, there were armies from all sides who always wanted to come through uh, what is today the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. As such, they built a a lot of castles. Over 2,000 of them are in the country today, which is the highest density of castles in the world. Prague Prague. Castles is also the largest castle. Wait, Prague Castle. Mm -hmm. Is there a castle called Prague Castle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Prague Castle. I feel like I'm saying Prague weird. You're good. Uh, Is also the largest castle in the world by area at over seven hecta acres. Oh, wow. Do
0: you know what? Can you translate hecta acres to normal acres? No. Um, Well, um, a hectagon has what? eight, Eight sides, Right. Yeah. So is it eight? Uh, probably not, though. I have no idea. I'm it's not a farmer. Acres. Oh, it's eight. It's,
1: uh, I don't, eight. Okay. Yeah, it's eighteen. I don't know what the connection is either. Okay, <laughs> I Interesting. Want to see you, your logic. But I like where you went with the hecta.
0: Right. I, I try. Any um, other fun facts for me?
1: Uh, yeah. Are Are you a castle person? Do you like visiting castles, or do they get old quickly? <sighs> mm.
0: That's a great question. You're actually. not going to
1: take pe- pictures, that's for sure. Right, right. Um, Especially not a castle. That's tourist trap central.
0: Well, I feel like a hypocrite because I took pictures um, when I went to the um, the Red Castle with my mentor. So, so I, uh, I do take- maybe that uh, quiz I gave you a couple weeks ago might have been correct. Maybe, Jared. Maybe. All I'm saying. Maybe. That's all I'm saying. You know, those internet, those free online quizzes tend to be spot on with their with their placements, I have to say.
1: By the way, you don't know how much I spent for that. I just took it out of our uh, untranslatable bank account. Oh,
0: fair enough. Fair enough. Our
1: joint, our joint untranslatable <laughs> right, bank right, account. Right, right. <laughs> Because well, uh, luckily, much like the Twitter, Chad doesn't really remember the password. Y- yeah, <laughs> caught me. Red-handed. I've been Come embezzling up. money for years from right. many other companies, but there's a whole scheme going on That's here.
0: why Jared always changes the password on me, because he knows I don't want to be associated <laughs> with such nefarious <laughs> things. But uh, uh, anyways... My um, body's
1: tattooed like Memento.
0: R- <laughs> right. But uh, your qu- to, to answer your question, Jared, um, you know, I-, I like castles, but they do kind of get old. I think, you know... After you've seen enough castles, I mean, basically you're seeing kind of the same thing, just like with slightly different architecture, right? Maybe it was built right. during a different time period. What But I it's also, also
1: far, so long ago that it's like you can barely... Like, all right, right I get it. I mean, that's what is really amazing. That's crazy, right. but it's like...
0: What boggles my mind even more is not only the age of the castles, but the means um, in which these castles were built. These people didn't have power tools. They didn't have cars. They didn't have trucks right and especially what's crazy is when you see castles that like are high up on the mountains or on a hill and like people had to like haul that stuff all the way up there and like i i often wonder too like how long did it take them to build some of these giant castles and how many you know how many people did they need to build them um
1: well that's another thing that like some of them they say take tens to hundreds of years right and even that in itself is hard to comprehend
0: absolutely absolutely
1: I rem- like my mom uh, used to live in Chicago, and I remember I would go see her, and there would be like an empty lot to like to. The- she lived in like a high rise apartment kind mm-hmm. of situation in the city, and there'd be like an empty lot to the uh, left of her. And then I'd come back six months later, and they'd be like doing the beginning foundations of a building. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I'd come back a year later, and it'd be like done. And I'd be like, "Wasn't right? Were they starting a building last time I was here?"
0: <laughs> exactly. They're
1: like yeah, that was like a year ago. They're done now. It's- they're fin- they're finishing it up now. <laughs> right. And it's like what, and I I think that that's something that uh, especially people like me that don't know anything about construction mm-hmm. is probably wildly taken for granted.
0: Right, and especially like the methods of construction way back then.
1: Right, it's right, just crazy. yeah, we're using the yeah top of the line technology, robots,
0: baby. Right, it's twenty eighteen. We got like engineers, like they didn't have, en- you know, like they had math though to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah, they did, but I th- I
1: think we should, I think. It's also surprising to see how like extensive their math was, but math only explains it then you have to actually do it
0: exactly and, <laughs> and what also is really phenomenal about that is so many of them are still standing today, you know they're not yeah. in ruins, but they're right, obviously it takes current maintenance to to keep them running and everything but i mean i, I would i mean the
1: dome in Colombo is under like twenty four like twenty four seven yeah year-round but I think, maintenance but i
0: think they do that more just so the appearance is nice for tourists i would imagine i'm sure that some of it makes sense i'm sure some of it is probably structural too obviously but i think a lot of the very famous landmarks in europe to me it seems like it's more just to keep up a really good image not necessarily like if they if they didn't restore it, like it would crumble. It's like crumble, right? But I'm also <laughs> not an architect, so don't take my word for uh, for for listeners. Right, we're just talking. We don't know anything. Ex- exactly everything with a grain of salt. With the two All right, of us. I got another one for you, though. Go for it. Did you
1: know that um, the Czech Republic has the highest st- uh, standard of living of any former Soviet bloc country? Uh, the mm. current per capita G- GDP is on a par- is on par with Western European countries like Portugal and Greece. They have the most hospital beds per capita
0: in the EU, the highest rate. Are they in the EU? Yeah. Because they do not yeah. use euros. They do use their own currency, but they are part of the EU. Okay. Um, you don't have to use the currency? I, no, I have Czech crowns, Corona. No, I know, I, I
1: know they have crowns. I thought you'd have to use euros. No. I'm, I'm just surprised. I mean, Czech Republic, not you specifically.
0: Right. Well, doesn't also, I think, isn't Poland a part of the EU? And do they use euros? Yeah, I I don't I think and, you're right. And before Brexit, England right. was a part of the EU and they were still using that. pounds. That's a good point. Is Switzerland a part of the EU or are they
1: Switzerland doesn't use Euros?
0: No, they use Swiss francs. Switzerland. I think they're a part of the EU, but Union I could be wrong. E but I do EU? know they use Swiss francs.
1: Switzerland is in the European Union. Okay. Oh wait, no, they're not in the European Union.
0: Okay, that, that doesn't surprise me because they've always kind of done their own thing. Switzerland,
1: uh, wait, the, rel- the relation between Switzerland and the European Union are framed by a series of bilateral treaties whereby the Swiss Confedera- Confederation mm-hmm. has adopted various provisions of European Union law in order to participate in the Union's single market without joining as a member state. Mm. All but one the microstate Liechtenstein of Switzerland's neighboring countries are EU member states right so they're technically not in the EU that's that is some Switzerland shit to do it is isn't they're it? technically not in the <laughs> EU but they do they abide by all the EU rules so that they can still trade and be right and uh, which that is, is really so smart crazy. that's really smart though oh How it is smart it I mean if you can do it it's, yeah if you can do it it seems like the way to go right. But it is, uh, that is a very Switzerland move. It's like, listen, we're not, we're not on anyone's side, but we do, we're do we still trying to get this money. Right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That's great. <clears throat> Liechtenstein. That's, I've been, I have been to Liechtenstein before. I
0: have not. I want to go and check it out.
1: I, don't, I think I just drove. I don't know if I drove through, but... Uh, Does that count
0: then? Have you yeah, really been there? If you, if I've been to
1: Luxembourg, in. speaking of tiny countries. I've also been to Luxembourg. I played soccer in Luxembourg. Oh, cool. I've been to the, I've been to the International School of Luxembourg.
0: Oh, nice!
1: Um, stayed in some stranger's house. That's
0: always fun. Um,
1: it has been. Uh, no, I don't like that one. Uh, all right, I got a couple more for you. Sweet, I got a couple more. Um, due to its lack of international and domestic conflict, conflict as well as its low crime rate, the Global Peace Index in 2016 ranks Czech Republic. Uh, is it? Do I have to say the Czech Republic every single time? No. I could say Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. Ranks Czech Republic as the sixth safest place to live on Earth.
0: Oh, nice. I, I you're worried
1: about uh, all your uh, stuff. Sixth safest place to live on Earth.
0: Yeah, but Prague is in, I think, the top five of pickpockets.
1: All right, that's Because, fair. I that's, mean, technically yeah. getting pickpocketed not, doesn't mean you're not safe. It's not safe. dangerous, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's frustrating if you get your Ideally, shit stolen. Ideally, they, they don't feel you you don't feel them at all
0: right exactly if they're a good pickpocket you won't even know right mm-hmm. definitely
1: um so the i assume the lang- assume you know the language has a formal and informal yep and the natives are patient with the foreigners mm-hmm. who use them in- inappropriately
0: yeah i was actually asking my cab driver when i when i landed in prague cuz i was curious too like who do you use formal and informal with i was wondering if it was similar to german or even Spanish who have an informal and informal. And he, and he laughed and he said, well, because you're an American, he was like, you can get away with a lot. If you accidentally use the informal, no one's going to get mad at you. And he told me, you know, they'll be really happy that you're trying to speak Czech. So well, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go.
1: Um, did you know that puppetry and marionette ex- ex- ex-
0: exhibitions are very popular? I, I do now. I did not beforehand, though. I got, I got a fun fact for you, Jared. Hit me. Um, there is one word in the English language that was actually uh, um, adopted from Czech. Any guesses what that word might be? Can you give me a hint? Like a genre? Um, Where would it be used? Kind of like technology or science fiction? Alien? Robot. Robot. That was, was going to be the, yeah. the next word I said. Yep. Robot is actually comes from Czech. Um, and, and I forget the author's name. But he wrote a series of science fiction books, I'm pretty sure, um, and so yes, mm-hmm. so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: Okay, there's always more talk about the beer, uh, and, and and Czech Republic. They always got to talk about the beer. Oh, here's an interesting one: the Czech Republic, or Czech Republic, as you're allowed to say, according to Chad. So mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm not allowed to say it, get mad at Chad. <laughs> Let's play a new game, Mad at Chad. <laughs> oh, geez. let's not insane. we uh, <laughs> uh, The Czech Republic ranks as one of the least religious populations in the world. Yep,
0: I think over fifty percent of people say they're atheist.
1: Am I right? Well, what I uh, what I'm saying here is with only nineteen. Well, which your your stat could still be true, but what I'm what my stat says is with only nineteen percent claiming that they believe in God. Gotcha.
0: Okay. That is over 50%, yeah.
1: I wonder why that is. How how do did, how did
0: they just avoid religion? I wonder if some of it has to do with um, the communist rule and everything, because under communism, religion is not usually looked at very positively. Um, ah, like, okay, so it just never got its way into the culture. Well, I think it probably had a place in the culture, and then it kind of disappeared with uh, changes over time. And actually, uh, here I got another fun fact for you. In my town of um, Khomotov, uh, there's a beautiful church, but the cross, uh, Jesus on the cross is not in the church because it was removed by the communists, and I guess uh, the Russians, um, or I guess back then the Soviet Union, and they actually, I guess back in the day, my mentor was telling me they used the church as like a warehouse or something. Really?
1: Yeah. They just totally didn't want to have any sort of religious connotation to it it was right. just a building
0: exactly so so maybe that I bet you that might have some influence on it probably but I could be wrong I'll have to ask around and uh, and see if we can find out some more about that yeah mm-hmm. please
1: we'll do please do um mushroom 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 hunting is a favorite pastime yep. Chuck of the Czech people, you you know all of these things. I know a lot of these. Yeah. How have
0: you how have you not brought any of these up uh, in our conversations? Because I don't want to give everything away. You 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 know if you're a magician, you can't use all your tricks in your first show. You gotta. The Czech Republic is a true paradise for people who
1: love parks and gardens. Mm-hmm. It has 25 protected landscape areas and four national parks, in addition to broadleaf and conifer forest Yep. Uh, rivers. And mountains.
0: And also, what's cool is there's a.
1: Oh my gosh. What? Sorry. It's crazy. <laughs> I just isn't blown it? away by what you know. Uh,
0: um, what's also really cool about the Czech Republic is there's an area that's very mountainous, and they actually call it Czech Switzerland.
1: Why is that? Be- oh, because of the mountains? Yeah,
0: because it's very mountainous and very beautiful. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I uh, underestimate how many mountains are in Europe in general. Right. Because when you first mentioned mountains, like a uh, you know a while ago, mountains in in uh, Czech Republic, to me, I was like, oh, there's mountains in Czech Republic." And then I was like, "Yeah, why wouldn't there be?" Right. There's probably mountains in just about every country in Europe, except maybe Liechtenstein. Maybe no mountains in Liechtenstein. Maybe Mount not. Liechtenstein.
0: Are there mountains in the Netherlands? Oh, maybe not. Yeah, Netherlands is known for being pretty flat. Are there are there mountains in France or Spain? There are definitely in France. Oh, that's true. In the Duh. south of France, Duh. there's yeah. a.
1: Uh, there, I there's I believe there are in Spain, but I don't know what there are. I'm gonna check okay. Netherlands first.
0: Huh, interesting.
1: But yeah, yeah. List of mountains and hills in the Netherlands. All right, all right. Let's see what the. Uh, no, there's not the highest. The highest point in the Netherlands is, uh, uh, two thousand nine hundred feet. I
0: don't think that counts. Okay, probably
1: not. Uh. Spain mountains. I do
0: believe there are mountains in Spain. Yeah, I think there are too. I think you're right. I think they're by France, aren't they? Uh, I guess we'll find out. We will, won't we?
1: Spain mountains. List of mountains in Spain. All right, they've got some real mountains too. Oh, cool. Not not some of these Dutch mountains. No offense. Unfortunately, you can't change the... Uh, I wish it was in... Uh, all right, well these are in meters, which I, I uh am a professional at. <laughs> um anyway, the highest uh the highest point is 3718 uh meters. Okay. And it's in the Canary Islands and it's in Santa Cruz de, uh, Tenerife, uh Tenerife and it's called TAD T-E- uh meters in feet i'll tell you in, in american 12198 <laughs> feet. oh that's pretty good that's a, that's, that's a mountain that's solid that is a mountain i would agree right all right i'll give you some more fun facts okay Let me give you some more fun sounds facts. sounds good uh i mentioned to you i don't know if this was on or off air uh because we also do broadcast onto uh am radio for those <laughs> of you who didn't know uh tourism is big business in czech republic no, I'm kidding. That's not the end. It has an impressive architectural heritage with 12 UNESCO, uh, uh, UNESCO excuse me, mm-hmm. monuments uh, and many centuries' worth of monuments, buildings, towers, bridges, blah, 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 blah. 12 uh, UNESCO monuments. And, I think that's pretty and impressive.
0: Another bonus fun fact for you. I'm pretty sure a lot of these UNESCO uh, monuments are in um, Carlo Viveri which is like a um it's also it's a spa town it's not too far from where i'm living um but yes Karlovy okay. very is go. known um for because they have these really cool hot springs where you can drink like fresh mineral water um straight from the ground um and and they have other sites they also what's really famous here is um chesky or um czech paradise or bohemian paradise is what it's also sometimes called and it's a like a beautiful um, national park, so yes, the Czech Republic is a great place to go. Great place to be a tourist in general. I think so many. But things Don't take to any do. pictures. Use your mind. That's right. The, the camera. Well, in your mind. well, use your mind first, and then take some pictures to show your friends. Un- Sneaky pictures. Unless, unless, <laughs> right? Unless you're really good at just describing how picturesque everything is with your words, or yeah, p- or paint a picture you yourself. Have
1: a Hemingway-esque way of talking. Exactly. Hemingway-esque way of talking. Did you know? Uh, so. You're familiar with the Prague Castle. Did you mm-hmm. see Prague Castle while you were there? Mm-hmm. Uh, do, what, do what? do you know about it, Mister? I know all these facts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Mister. Um, I, I got nothing. I got no response <laughs> for you there. No comeback. But um, um, I mean, I don't really know that much. I just I know where it is. I know what it looks like. I'm pretty sure it was. It's built in a Gothic style, and it's also right by the okay. cathedral, which is also really beautiful. It's in the. Um, it's in the Město, um, which is the old part of town in the Czech Republic, uh, or in Prague, sorry. So you have to go across the Charles Bridge, and it's very easy to see. Um, it's, it's, it's really cool looking because I'm looking at a, like a nice
1: kind of faraway picture, mm-hmm. and it's, the castle is like there, there's uh, like a, a wall that's also, like I assume, offices and buildings. That is essentially a wall around it. Mm-hmm. That that surrounds uh, then this just gorgeous castle in, in the middle of of this wall of of rooms. Right.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: That it is awesome looking. So uh, it is. Did you know it is the largest castle in Europe? Uh, I did not, but I do now. It has. Ha, guess how many rooms uh, uh, it has. It, I don't know. If it the, uh, says more than this number, but just you know. More than a thousand. Uh, a little a little hot. Coming kind of a little hot.
0: More than five hundred.
1: Uh, up a little bit, 700. Wow.
0: That's pretty impressive. More than
1: 700 rooms. You could throw
0: some bomb parties in that
1: place, dude. More than 700 oh, yeah. rooms. Yeah. I mean, do you have enough? Fr- I guess if you, if you live in that place, you'd have enough friends.
0: Well, I I think you'd, I don't know if you could call them friends, but you got enough people who would want to come right. party with you. That's a good point. Right. <laughs>
1: but yeah, so <laughs> I might show up and I don't, I, I don't know if I, I'd even know who owns the place.
0: Uh, oh, I know for
1: a fact you would show up Jared without a doubt. Cause that place is beautiful. But you know what you also have to look forward to? What? The, uh, Christmas, uh, they're, they're also a big Christmas, uh, um, Christmas. What do you call it? Christmas? So the, fest? Yeah, the uh, right. markets, Christmas market, uh, culture. Mm-hmm. So I, you're going to get the Christmas. Market. I got,
0: I got a bonus fun fact for you about Christmas, Jared. What do you oh think? My. What do you think the typical Czech Christmas meal is? No Googling.
1: Uh, is it something i would know is it like a i
0: mean it's it's a it's an animal you definitely know for sure. reindeer <laughs> poor, poor santa how is he going to deliver the presents to all the children uh, if we the eat goose. all his reindeer nope carp like the fish i don't know what a oh carp. fish really yeah carp is why fish i don't know i asked my i asked my uh mentor that and and she said it's just kind of tradition. Because they, they're not known for fish, are they? I mean, I, I'm sure you can get fish Well, easily, I, think but you,
1: I think that's not like their thing. Right.
0: Well, I'm assuming carp is... She was telling me that carp, probably the reason why it's a very common Christmas meal is because you can find it in so many lakes and rivers in the Czech Republic, which is probably why it makes sense. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, so carp is like your... Damn, carp can get big as oh, hell. Oh, they're huge. Yeah, they can get giant. They're kind of gross looking. They are gross looking. I've never actually had carp, so I'll keep you guys I posted. Have. We'll, we'll have to do a Christmas edition. Uh, Ooh, they kind of look like a, a koi pod fish. A little bit, yeah. But aren't they usually like a brown or a green?
1: Yeah, yeah, they are. I just happen to see some that, are, some that are not. But you're right. They they are also brown or green, mm-hmm. and they're kind of big and floppy. They kind of look like the uh, that one... Uh, The uh, bully from SpongeBob, that was the flounder, flex flounder, who
0: who hit the pickles under his, or no, no, the guy who was gonna beat SpongeBob up. I gotcha. Right, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Good old SpongeBob, (laughs) gotta love it. But yeah, so anyways, um, yeah, the Czech Republic is a great place to be a tourist, and I'm wondering, Jared, when are some, when have there ever been any times where you've really felt like, like, man, I'm I'm such a tourist right now.
1: You asked me this a while ago, and there was one thing that I thought of, but I, I think it was worth it in a weird way. Okay. So um, I, I went to Morocco, mm-hmm. uh, which was awesome, and I believe I was in Marrakesh, was the city. Okay. And and they have like a they have like the out a lot you know they're you know they're known for the bazaar and the outdoor markets. Right. And uh, it's a that's all haggling haggling style. Right. So you know you uh, you can you can barter for your prices mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so I was, uh, they were, t- what, what, what I was told by a professional before I went into it, I wanted to get a pair of Converse, mm-hmm. fake Converse probably, um, although I wore those motherfuckers, uh, I, I, why did I have to swear that? I wore those suckers <laughs> for uh, many years and years. I played soccer on them. I recessed in Germany. They, were, they, they, they treated me well. Nice. However, um, they told me that, you like, you know, that you always go in at half half first and then, you know, work from there. Okay. And so um, I ended up paying like 20. Like, they first, they, they I think we started at like a, maybe at like a – I don't know. I don't know where it started, but I ended up paying $20 for them in American dollars or euros maybe, whatever, mm-hmm. one of those two. But um, it felt good because, you know, I worked it down a little bit, and it did feel good. But then after I thought about it, I was like, I could have like, and maybe this is just part of the fun of the barter, mm-hmm. is after I was like, I could have gotten these for a better price. Right. I could have worked them down a little bit, a little right. bit more. But I think that's part of the fun of it. Oh, definitely. Did
0: you also, though...
1: Hi- and also, but I will say this. What, why The reason I also thought of this is because when I was there, I was also hyper aware of trying to get the best price because I know that... Um, that people that work in the bazaar just clean up on tourists, and they look. I'm sure oh, they I'm look sure forward they right. to a tourist coming to their stand to want to buy something. Right.
0: I was. I start, was start start
1: a little bit higher. Exactly, and and then <laughs> exactly. Well, I was, and then they're probably more afraid to uh, like barter.
0: Right, and I and I I was told by a friend of mine who was traveling in Jordan, he said that um, in Jordan um, you can also barter. And he said that basically if you are a tourist and they know, especially if you don't speak the language, um, they will just go to town on tourists and make right. serious bank from them. So, so my buddy actually had a, a, a cab driver who drove him around everywhere. And uh, and his cab driver would actually go in and buy stuff for him because he knew he wouldn't get fair prices, which I thought was yeah. really interesting. Um, and, I, I mean, good way for the cab driver to make some extra tips. Right, um, right, right. That, we we uh, got like a
1: tour of a lot of areas of Morocco Mm -hmm. outside of Marrakech in a dude's like 1980s, uh, Mercedes taxi. He just drove us around, uh, like all these parts of Morocco. And he did the same thing. Like in certain places, he's like, uh, I'll get it for you because, uh, it'll be much cheaper if I buy it. than uh, if if you go in there, Right, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's the thing is I think I I can't remember exactly. I was young, so I was like, whatever. But like, when I think about it now I think uh, I, I'm like yeah No that's fine That's I feel like it should Kind of be like that And I also feel like That's part of the one, what, what Like part of the Fun parts Of Of, be, of uh, Immersing yourself Into a culture Long enough mm-hmm. Where it's like You know that too And like you can get that uh, Like you know It's like I'm not paying That tourist price Give me like Right You know Or it's like you can uh, You know Really understand What it's like To be in the culture Oh definitely And not just but that's also hard to do, almost impossible, uh, dare I say, if you're a tourist for a week. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You can't fully blame tourists because you can't immerse yourself in the culture that much if you're buying a couple things at a bazaar. It's like, yeah, I, I, like, can I not go to M- Morocco if I only have a week or two weeks to spend? Where it's like, yeah, I, I, I can learn a thing or two, but I can't immerse myself into the culture well enough where I understand
0: the nuances. Oh, for sure. Definitely. So I have one time where I felt like a tourist, not in a positive way. Um, okay. so I was fourteen and I was with my parents the first time ever in Germany. And we go to Munich and, and Jared knows probably better than anybody else, because you've seen me rock my Lederhosen and everything before. I love <laughs> I love all that stuff over there. I and the German word for it is Tracht, and Tracht is like the traditional German or Austrian clothing, Bavarian clothing. Is that Lederhosen? Yeah, it's Lederhosen, it's the, the hats. Okay. The the, oh, the, it's the full the it's full, outfit. full outfit right right and so the first time I was in Munich, they had those really cool kind of green Bavarian felt hats. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. I mean, it's not like a fedora, but it it's kind of like a bowler almost. Uh, not a bowler. Uh, Bowlers no, round. No, it's not like a bowler. I mean, it's it's I would say it's sadly closer to a fedora in a way. Um, yes, but they don't look but nearly as douchey. I don't yeah. Know. What it, right. Right,
1: Tushi. That's hilarious, dude. For, Chad set up. Like, I way. I did. Chad set up. I mean, that. have
0: you seen? I just uh, <laughs> wow. I just you leaned, yeah. I did. I don't take. You're damn right, I, know, I did. I, some people can rock a fedora, <laughs> and then other people, you just no, see I'm them, and I'm like, not a why, fan. why are you doing that? But anyways, so I had this green. My dad has a fedora too, but he he can I don't, probably I don't know. rock it. I could see it.
1: Uh, but he also has hats that are like uh, whatever. Any yeah, we, keep going. We can do a hat podcast another time, right?
0: Um, but anyways, so so I got this green hat and I was wearing around Munich and I walked by this group of people from, you know, Munich. They were, they were probably maybe a couple of years older than me, but they were teenagers and they see me walking around this hat and they just, they point, they, they pointed at me from like across the street and they all started laughing really hard. And I was just,
1: yeah, that's, that's rough.
0: Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. And so, so I was like, I was like, and I asked my aunt, my, that's about it was, as bad as the gets right i mean that's right. most
1: people's worst nightmare marriages general in general right
0: and so that you know yeah so they pointed at me they were laughing <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's awful exactly so and i asked my aunt hannah when we when we got back were to you by time. yourself i was with my parents um and what did your
1: parents start pointing and laughing too uh, yes they pointed and <laughs> laughed that at me. no but uh um so yeah so chat's like that's so, why i'm not coming back so
0: honestly dude like i i hate saying this now but like they point and laugh why at do they me. point and laugh cuz because i guess back then it wasn't cool to wear those hats like like old like i asked my aunt about it and my cousin about it who are both germans oh. and they were like yeah like is it kind of like wearing your dad's blazer or well something well well no those are kind of those are kind of like <laughs> tourist hats and like older and and then typically if you're oh, actually german so if you're actually german t- generally i guess older like bavarian men will wear those types of hats right
1: uh, everyone that listens to this knows how hard you try to blend in and, right. and fit in with the culture and i just get and you just yeah. got put on blast maybe oh, this is sure. why now you always put so much of an emphasis on blending maybe and, yeah that, that at, tra- in your that formative traumatic. years exactly you got you got an old-fashioned like this is stuff that happens in cartoons and sitcoms where people right point and laugh exactly the a stranger in the street and i still re- i'm sorry to hear that Here, buddy. here's
0: the crazy thing though dude i still i st- even now like i'm ge- i still remember how i felt like Dude, I mean, that's traumatizing. I'm not even joking around when I say that's people's worst nightmare. That is legit. That's legitimately someone's worst nightmare. And honestly, I felt so bad because the the hat was... Especially at 14 where you can't even laugh at yourself that well at that age. Yeah, you're an impressionable age at 14. And I mean, I think my parents probably spent thirty-five or forty euros on it, so it wasn't super cheap either. Yeah, <laughs> still defending the hat, right? And, and so, <laughs> so, so yeah, so so that for me was like I super felt like a tourist. I was like, I was like, oh yeah. Damn. What's What's ironic now, though, is like got found out. What's ironic though now is is like Tracht has like made like a comeback. And when I lived in Vienna with you, well, sadly, I didn't have any any lederhosen when I was with you, but the second semester I did. And I wore them around Vienna all the time. And I even got complimented by some Austrians on my lederhosen. Yeah, it's, it's all about uh, it's timing. Know, fashion. It's timing. Right. Right. It's all timing. Like... You know, had I have maybe worn later hosen with my green hat, I they would have you know pointed and laughed, and I would be like, I'm never wearing later hosen ever. I hate you guys. It's you like we're, uh, <laughs> 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 these are cool. These cost seventy five dollars. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> oh man, exactly. It, yeah, it's kind of like wearing like super baggy clothes now. You'd be like, people are like, what are you doing? But like, if it was like the '90s or the right. early 2000s, it'd be like sweet baggy right. clothes. Like, do you remember bro.
0: Jinko jeans by chance? Do you remember uh, those? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were like like parachute pants, practically, but yeah. in jeans form. But yeah, so that was when I really felt like a tourist. They'd get all ripped at the at the bottom, yep, because they yeah dragged on the on the ground, and oh yeah, I, good times, uh, right? Good times. But anyway, so uh, we are here doing episode five, tourist do's and don'ts, and uh, those were a moment. Uh, you said from, episode five, by the way. Uh, Dare I really? Am I really that tired? Yeah. Episode twenty, <laughs> sorry. Episode twenty, tourist do's and don'ts. <laughs> This is what happens when you're still not over the jet lag. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jared and I were talking about a couple of moments where we felt like tourists. But now I want to kind of change gears a little bit. And uh, let's let's share some tourist do's and don'ts with our audience, Jared. What do, what do you have in mind?
1: Uh, one that, you know, it's funny. We always bring this up. But one that came up a lot mm-hmm. is uh, don't look like a tourist. Don't dress like a tourist. So don't
0: wear your green German hat. <laughs>
1: yeah (laughs) don't don't do the and and see chad you were protesting against my quiz earlier and now you're telling me a story about how you got laughed at right for being the ultimate tourist exactly exactly (laughs) oh that's too funny maybe that's why you took that quiz so personally right probably Um, they also and uh, one that also came up very uh, i think this is you know this always comes up when we talk about it you know it's that's why I almost kind of hesitated to just, uh bring it up to any country mm-hmm. as a stereotype uh is the pitpocketing thing because that's a stero- that's a stereotype in most uh u- most big european cities and you know most you know new york I think, chicago I probably think,
0: yeah even probably in South America as well oh I yeah probably imagine. yeah
1: uh, probably just most big cities um but I think that um you have to be very careful not only with like you know, people talk about putting your wallet in your back pocket is not mm-hmm. good, and maybe that's true, but I think even more important is your bag selection. Right. Your, um, what kind of wallet you have, how much money you have on you. Right. What kind of, uh, what are you wearing in general? Oh, I agree. And, and, but I think mainly it's, is, is you have to be able to pack a light. The packing light is going to be one of our hashtag translate this tips right for f- that we're gonna we're gonna emblazon on us on a on a uh plaque somewhere it's pack lights. oh for sure and not only when you're getting on the airplane mm-hmm. but when you're leaving the hostel or hotel or airbnb to go explore like it, it, but people that's the thing though is people and it's so weird too because we have iphones that have amazing cameras but people still need to like bring their bring huge icons right and with that, like that, I, is you're already looking like a tourist. Oh, definitely. And then also, for, for its own safety, you need at least some sort of bag. Right. And then I think if you're using like a big uh, camera, then I might actually recommend some sort of bag that you know you it will be well closed I up. I would of. agree. Because I think you look even more like a tourist holding a camera
0: bag oh, rather than 100%. holding a backpack. 100%. The other, with your camera bag in the it. The other tips I would give our listeners out there, too, for avoiding looking like a clear tourist and also a target for pickpockets obviously dressing like you mentioned uh packing light but also you don't want to it's you know yeah i understand when you're in a new place you want to see things you're going to look around but i think if you gawk too much and you're just so like you're so surprised and appalled by everything around you and you're just looking up and not paying attention around you i think that can be very dangerous um well maybe not dangerous but you can see dude that's why yeah i struggle with that that's where that's where I always want to then go back
1: on 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 you or whoever says that mm-hmm. and say, well, where's the line? Because, uh, like, uh, I I mean I, I I guess this is just for someone's own personal safety. That's quote unquote safety or, mm-hmm. or or whatever. But it's just like, c- as a tourist, am I not allowed to enjoy uh, a a new country? Like, it's like be careful at how much you're looking at stuff, well, even though like me... you're walking by right. one of the Unise- uh, UNESCO UNESCO whatever you know places in czech republic well let
0: let me put it this way i guess i think you want to if you are looking around you should also just try to be aware of your surroundings i think that's a better way to put it you know if you're if you're only if you're only just gawking it's very easy to to lose attention of everything else going around you and all it all it would take um like for example um one of my mom's coworkers went to prague um, and these guys offered to take a picture for him behind or, or in front of the old town square. And so he took a couple steps back. They took the picture. And then when he turned to yep, go grab his know, bag, his bag was gone and his bag had his yep. passport, had his wallet. It was just a big mess. And he had to stay in Prague for like three or four extra days because he had to wait until he could get another passport. So, you know, it can be a very exp- like granted, nothing happened Remember,
1: to him tr- Uh, our buddy Ian, he got uh, it was in
0: Czech Republic nope, or Slovakia, Croatia. Croatia. He was on a train to Croatia,
1: and he it was on an overnight train, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Well, see, th- and he that one fell asleep on his laptop, and all of his electronics got stolen. But see, that
0: one I also don't get because he he told me he fell asleep. He had his backpack wrapped around his foot, so I really have no idea how they managed to do it. But these yeah, guys he are professionals, must be a, a deep sleeper, right? These guys are professionals. Um, Right, right. But, yeah, the other thing I also wanted to mention, though, too, that will just make you look like a blatant tourist is if you, like, have a map out in public and you're, like, trying to find your way. I would suggest taking a look, a thorough look at the map in your hotel or hostel before you go. Or, I mean, nowadays you have a smartphone. What I usually will do is I will actually look up on, like, Google Maps or, or the Maps app on my phone how to get somewhere. And I take screenshots of it. Yeah. So I can especially if
1: you're abroad and you don't want to just
0: blast through your data. Exactly. So I'll just swipe through my screenshots to find my way. And I also, I I would
1: even, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing to do. I was going to recommend that too, but I'd say also don't be afraid to get lost because you're not, you're, especially if you're in like, um, it's a part of the journey, like a big European city, for example. Right. I mean, there's some places, you know, be careful where you're getting lost. Obviously I'm, but, uh, but, uh, but in general, I'm saying don't be afraid to get too lost if you, if you can trust your surroundings right. and trust yourself. Um, because especially if you're walking, I think there's I, – I, I've mentioned this before, but I think there is something, too, you can kind of almost there's – a, there's a natural sense of direction by starting from somewhere and knowing that, all right, I've, I've walked in this general direction. And this is the way I get back. And then maybe once you get close or maybe, you know, you're in the area, you can pull up the screenshots. But I think right. just trust yourself and uh, be able to explore. Right. And the,
0: the other but people
1: also want to see specific things. They have mm-hmm. like destinations. Right. Which I'm not a good I don't travel well with destinations on my mind. Right.
0: I like to just kind of go explore and see what I see. You know, Me see too. What I come Me across. Too. Yeah. That's why we travel. Well, that's together. very true. Because we can just wander. Good. Good point. Um, good point. Which is why I would argue that makes us more of a traveler and not a tourist. But hey, to each his own. All right, that's fair. To that's each fair. his own. I don't know why I'm fighting so I'm, hard I'm, to be a I'm tourist. I'm still anyway. a little salty about that quiz. Let's let's be real. <laughs> I'm still a little salty. But anyways,
1: yeah. But now it's all coming together right. with this whole oh for uh, sure mass humiliation. Right. I get it. Now. Right.
0: The exactly the the litost um, from our uh one of our previous episodes that that big uh you know misery humiliation. Right. Anyways, yes. Another tip I would also give our listeners out there too is you really want to be careful with some of your valuables. I would never, if I can avoid it, I never put my passport like up on a table or something. You know, I keep it in either like a, like a little case thingy, which I have it there because it it keeps it safe.
1: I have this watch that Mm -hmm. I love. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's, it was $80. And what I love about it is it's cheap and it's a Seiko five is what it is. But it's also like an automatic watch. So there's no battery in it. Oh, nice. And so I love to travel with it because it's like, well, it's $80. So if, if I lose it or break it, I'm not that concerned, right? But it's also just like very light, Mm -hmm. and uh, it'll never not work. I I, like, I like that's, I like that, and I I like that also for little things like um, uh, not taking your phone out, being able to,
0: uh, you know, just walk around, explore. Oh, definitely, I would agree. Any? Do we have any other don'ts, Jared, that we want to share with our listeners? Um, I think we've covered a lot of them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you really, you really. uh, How do you feel about uh, street performers?
0: I feel like I've. uh, Well, well, I'll I'll let you answer. Well, I I got a couple things about street performers. One, one, I think it is cool to check them out, and and I I have definitely in the past. My my rule of thumb is if it's entertaining enough for me to stop and actually watch for a couple of minutes, I'll usually tip them because I figure you know what you you caught my attention, that that's your job. I'll tip you. But I also I mean, it's not their job. no one's well, <laughs> hiring no well, them to do that. Well, you, you, but I know you I understand what, I mean. what you're saying. Yeah, you know what I mean. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, the other thing too, though, with um, street performers, usually they're obviously in highly crowded touristy areas. So I would I always try to be really on on like my top guard right. when I'm around any type of big touristy area. Like when I landed do you think in Prague, some of
1: those. Do you think some of those? Uh,
0: those uh, street performances can be fronts for uh, maybe some pit it could be I mean I I really don't know but could be and what I was going to say is when I was in Prague when I landed um, you should have seen just the crowd of people in front of the astronomical clock in Prague which actually was kind of ironic because right now they're renovating it so you actually don't even see the real thing you see like a um, oh shoot I don't even remember the word now you see like a um, what's that called they have like the facade. It's 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 like a, a facade. Well, facade's like the front of a building, but it's like a um, oh shoot, mural, kind of. It's well, it's just basically like scaffolding with like a picture of. Of the, the astronomical clock, but you should have seen just the... the I'd say crowds. that's a mural, wouldn't you? No, because I'm, I would say a mural is like a, an, an artwork or like a painting. These are just like a cover um, to show... Oh, you know I, what I'm talking about? Like when they do renovations on anything in Europe,
1: they, oh, they usually put... It's just a tarp. It's exactly. a tarp that they're that they're using to cover the work. exactly. But it has some sort of art it has, on it.
0: Well, it has a picture of what the astronomical oh, clock the, looks the, like. The build- Exactly. I got you. I got you. And I got you should you. have seen the amount of tourists. And actually, I was walking to a cafe to meet some of the other teachers, um, and I was supposed to walk right by the astronomical clock, and I saw just the huge crowd of tourists. And I was like, one, I don't want to deal with like weaving in and out of these people, <laughs> and two, I'm willing to right. bet you there are there have got to be people pickpockets out there who are just licking their chops saying look at all these tourists they're all too busy taking pictures on their iphones right now or whatever you know she, that's a little paranoid everyone i, I definitely am. i mean i, I guess this, this is for, no surprise right.
1: but hey i've also never been pickpocketed before so i was about to say i was just about to say that but you probably also never been pickpocketed, right exactly <laughs> i haven't either by the way right i know people that have been yeah oh um, me too for sure well maybe not pickpocketed but i, I know definitely people that like uh like my f- my parents, friends uh, that, you know, I've known them my entire life or whatever. But uh, anyway, my parents, friends, they were in Paris and they got their camera stolen because uh, mm-hmm. I think they placed it down while they were taking a picture. Yep. And I think someone took their picture and then someone else ran off with the camera. Like right. they, I think they had two cameras or something, maybe okay. or like a phone. Well, well or the something other like thing that.
0: is, too, from what I've read and heard about pickpockets, a lot of it is um, they do it in teams because it's so much easier. Like I know, I know. Right,
1: I'm, I'll take a picture of you. Let me hold your camera. Let me hold your stuff for you. Right, Exa- and exactly. And I'll take the picture or whatever.
0: Exactly. And what I've also heard, me and my friend are just walking by. Right, and what I've also heard too in some places, what they'll do is they'll accidentally, like spill something on you. So like you know, if they have ice cream, they'll oh like slip and like get ice cream all over your shirt. Oh. And so that distracts you, and they're like, oh, let me help you clean that up. And while you're watching them clean it up, somebody grabs your bag or takes your wallet or does whatever. Um, and what I've also heard in Paris, for example on the uh on the metro what will happen is you'll get your bag taken and by the time you notice your bag has been taken it will be four or five cars down and and you'll never right. see it again so
1: they're already walking down exactly, the street exactly stops a w- before you
0: right but i don't want to make uh, our listeners paranoid like i get sometimes um, yeah chad's
1: making me paranoid right? and i drive to work every
0: day <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> um, exactly. So I'm like uh ah, shit. So let's let's make this a little positive, God, Jared. I my car. And uh <laughs> right. Let's let's make this positive and let's talk about some do's that you should do if you are a tourist. I want to hear some do's from you because
1: you have a very sour feeling of tourism and
0: tourist okay. tourismus. there you go, toss in some German. The first thing I would say is Polyglots, hashtag translate this. Right. What what I would say is if you're a tourist, do some research before you get there so you can I have I've had friends in the past who just go somewhere, which I think is also okay. But I think you run the risk if you just go somewhere and don't do a little research, you might miss out on some really cool stuff. Now, with that being yes. said, you might also stumble across some really cool stuff if you're but just kind of walking you do around. Both. Exactly. I think
1: if you do the preparation, you can still
0: work in oh, time sure. to wander. For sure. I think I think you need a, you need a healthy balance. Hit points when you wander. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, you need a healthy balance. You need to be able to um, go see some of the really cool stuff, but also kind of wander around and, and see what you know fits your fancy. What do you? What do you
1: consider the stuff that is, like, what are some must-sees for you? Name some things that are tourist things but are must-sees nonetheless.
0: Um, usually for me, well, it depends where you go, but I would say any type of land... Of course,
1: I realize that, that right. does, that's broad because that depends right. where you're at, but, but I... I, I
0: I would say any uh, still. any type of like famous landmark right so whether it be like mountains or a castle or a church or a sculpture so like the dome right like like and code. right like the like the um, like the cologne cathedral for example or if you're in prague like it might be worth seeing the prague castle um, right. if you're in vienna you for every- sure need to go to stefan's dome without a doubt
1: every ma- but every major european city has their own fancy church
0: Right, but I still think a lot of them are Or not even major,
1: but every European city has their own, like, this is our church. Right. Check this puppy out. Right.
0: And I I would say some other things, too, is I would also highly suggest doing a little research and trying some of the local cuisine. Right? If you're you're in a foreign country, don't go to McDonald's. Don't go to Burger King. Don't go to KFC. Go to get some authentic—you know, if you're in Thailand, get some authentic Thai food. If you're—you know what I mean? Have you— have you ever struggled with that?
1: Because you are a self proclaimed slightly picky eater. Not not really I am too. I
0: mean I mean not really because I'm I would I would like to think I'm just picky enough where there's enough stuff I can eat where I'd be alright most places I go. Right. I feel like I haven't seriously been challenged. Me either. But I also am not the type of person where I'm gonna try like bugs or there's a l- I might try crickets. Okay. There's a lot of seafood I won't try just because I don't like <laughs> oh, seafood right, 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 in general. Right.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't even really enjoy yourself. We talked about this. You'd barely enjoy yourself in Louisiana, let alone right. Uh, exactly. Exactly. some... Right, uh, exactly. And, and, yeah, but I still think you could handle the catfish. I, I think you'd enjoy that. Probably. Because it's deeply fried. Right. Sure, <laughs> sure.
0: Another thing I would say that you should do as a tourist is I think you should... Um, you should really just try to make the best of any situation. What I mean by that is, even if something bad does happen, um, like you get robbed, right? You get, you know, you get pickpocketed, or or maybe uh, you just kidding, or maybe your you or maybe your luggage gets lost for a couple of days. Um, as I've said many times before on the podcast, I tend to be a warrior, but don't let those worries get in the way of your vacation or your trip because you're only there for a short amount of time. And you don't want something small to ruin your entire trip, right?
1: Yeah, I've. I mean, we've all had a, a loss of luggage before. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen before. I've also had a. Um, well, that's not really a tourist thing, but but I've had like a stuck on the runway for like a couple hours right. thing too. That sucks. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's funny that you even bring those things up because those things would not even come to my mind to bring up because those are just like worry worry things right it's like a worst case scenario but i but i understand where you're coming from and maybe i should worry a little bit more about some of those things maybe i'm too uh like it'll be fine
0: right but see that's why i love traveling with you because i feel like we balance each other out a lot where i i tend to get stressed about all sorts of little things and you are a lot more relaxed about everything and uh and, and actually that's another thing i would also kind of piggyback on is do be relaxed. Um, and especially for all yes. the other worry warts out there like me, um, be relaxed. I'll say this
1: mm-hmm. about being relaxed, be relaxed, especially with uh, like, you know, we, we always talk about if you're going to be a quote unquote tourist or traveler, whatever it is, at least learn a couple phrases. Right. And don't be, I, I think sometimes I struggle with this is don't be afraid to use those phrases, even though you sound, you might sound like an idiot. Right. Cause I think, People accept that, like, uh, yeah, of course, people want to come visit our, my country. It's amazing, right? But, um, like, at least this person's not trying to be annoying. They're trying. They're at least, like, like show that you're putting some level of effort in. And I think that, uh, that's a solid do. Is is, and I think for me, like, you can put, you could frame it as, don't be uh, ignorant or arrogant with your language, right? But I frame it more in in the sense that the way I always always felt about it is like I kind of feel like I'm. I don't know if like if you're mocking them or like, oh I feel like I'm gonna sound like an idiot if I'm trying to say it. it's like no. Mo- uh, there's just about ninety nine percent of people who appreciate the fact that you're even trying. Because especially since they'll immediately know it's like, well clearly this person doesn't know my language. Right. But that doesn't matter. It's so cool that they're trying and that it's funny that they even know that, like know like the the way to say what's up that, that you know, not just saying like, good day or right, whatever.
0: Right. And that's, I actually, I think that's one of the best do's that we could end this segment with is do definitely try to be respectful of the culture and use the language when you can. You obviously don't have to be busting out complicated sentences and talking about deep philosophical things or political arguments, but just saying hello and please and thank you goes a long way wherever you are.
1: I do think there is a legitimate point where, you know, we we, we've talked a lot about don't be don't be that guy that is arrogant with their English and, and imposing it on people where it's like, oh, you don't speak English. But I think if 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 someone is giving a legitimate effort or, you know, trying to say the phrases that they know and trying to work with people like you said on an earlier episode where you like instead of saying, like, do you speak English? Are we going to uh what's the name of your city kumatov kumatov you said you know but you know city 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 is uh, that the order right where, you know and it's like it's just i think those simple things
0: right. go a long way oh 100 percent. and and i think that that you know the locals will see you're trying and i think I, yeah i you know i mean think about it if if you're approached
1: by someone oh, I, I had another i i was actually going somewhere with that point i just realized oh god i ahead. totally forgot where i was going with that but I do think there. I'm so sorry. I was, as I was saying, that, I was like, I feel like I was going somewhere when I said that. <laughs> there, I do think there is a point where, um, if you, if the people, if you know, you're putting in that effort, there is a point where then the person that is the native can become like, like then it's no longer. There, there is a point where it's like it's no longer on you. And if someone's still arrogant about the uh, the language, then I think you also. It's tough, but I think it also there is a point where you just have to be like accept that like. Yeah, not everyone's uh yeah, there are shitty people everywhere in the oh, world. For but like sure. 'cause I but I think most people vast majority of people will, will but you can definitely you might run into those people that'll be that'll be arrogant with it back at you. Right.
0: Yeah, and what I was gonna say is I think it's if you you know, if you are willing to try to speak their language, it just it goes a long way and I think they're also going to be a little more likely to help you out. And I mean put you know, if we put ourselves in their shoes, you know, try to have a little empathy here. Imagine if you know you're on the street and someone comes up to you, Jared, and just starts speaking to you in French. You're gonna you're gonna be like, I'm in Philly. I'm in the United States. Right. Why are you speaking <laughs> to me in French, right? Why would you expect that I'm just gonna exactly. uh, come back at you in French? Exactly. But if they came up to you and said, you know, and even if it was very broken English, I would still try to help them. But if someone came up to me like speaking like. Mandarin or, or French or Spanish or, or any foreign language that I had no Idea how to speak I would kind of be like Uh, uh sorry I can't you know help what's You know it's funny that you say mm-hmm.
1: that though because if someone came up to me And started speaking in German I think I, w- I might be thrown off a little bit But I think even more than French I'd still Be like I'd just start listening and be like Well let me just hear what this person has to say you know what I mean, like. But that's like, a language you know. But it's just because exactly, yeah. exactly. But e- even in Philadelphia, I, like, there would still be a second. Like, why is this person just assuming that I know? But I'd still be right. like, well, I'm going to listen to right. hear what
0: they have to say. Exactly, exactly. And speaking of uh, languages, we know, Jared, I actually have some uh, German untranslatables for you this evening.
1: Yeah. Uh, speaking of keeping you on your toes with languages. Chad likes to switch things up on people.
0: That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I don't know if you've, which I'm down for. I don't know if you've heard this untranslatable, Jared. Uh, maybe you have. German. This is German, and the word is Bachpfeifen Bachfeigengesicht. Not not Bach like C H like like the composer, but Bach B A C K Gesicht. I don't know what Bach is. Well, a uh, Bachpfeife, uh, I'm pretty sure, is just like getting okay. getting hit. Um, oh is it yeah, okay because a
1: pfeife is a flute or a p- or a sort. pipe
0: mm-hmm. right backpfeife here i'm googling it for you uh, a um, is face yes, or history yes backpfeife is oh here you go backpfeife is um a slap in the face or to um, or if if jemanden einer Bachpfeife geben would be to give someone a knuckle sandwich or to hit them in the face slap zones so, so what's a Bachpfeifen so, uh, gesicht so to, to slap someone in the face because Gesicht is face right um k- kind of so a in Gesicht is like a like a face that looks like it's it like to a punch. in a reality no 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 it's oh it's it, like a face that a punchable face right kind of like um um
1: oh i love yeah. that oh i get it right. hey, yeah yeah a in Gesicht. so yeah. it's it's like punch face so it's like a face that oh i love that one right. Right, that 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 is a fun phrase in English mm-hmm. as well as the punchable face. Right, a backfacing hmm Who's someone? Could you think of someone at the top of your head that looks like they have a punchable face?
0: Logan Paul. The, yeah, there, there, you go. That was easy. <laughs> you, you got it. Um, I think there. Logan think, Paul looks like he has a punchable face. Exactly. I think there, are, there are plenty of people out there who do. I think uh, one of the funniest memes I ever saw was, um, um, I think from uh, uh, the guy's name, I think is Ajit Pai. He's a part of the FCC. And he v- the name sounds against net neutrality. And I saw a right. meme that was like something like the most punchable face ever, and it was him like smiling or something. I don't know. He does have like kind of a dumpy face, doesn't a he? A little bit, yeah. This is you know, is this rude? A little bit, but whatever. Well,
1: this is what you get for voting against net. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. We are professional podcasters and we respect net neutrality. Oh, most definitely. But yeah, so
0: Bach Pfeiff and six.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first one is Korean. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, georim ge- u- reem- iu duk. Okay. Georim u- reem- iu duk. And uh, the literal translation is rice cake in a picture.
0: Rice cake in a picture, huh?
1: Now, this one blew me away. I want to see if you can guess this one. I
0: have rice cake in a picture. Is it like You're familiar
1: with rice cakes, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Is it is it like just something that's normal?
1: <laughs> see, that's why I'm... I have no flabbergasted idea. Okay. by this untranslatable. Okay. This is another one where I'm like, there's just like we're we're on different plan- we're on different wavelengths, right. and, and like our cultures are different. Right. So the literal meaning is rice cake in a picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the you know the figurative meaning what they're act- what it's actually saying mm-hmm. is something you desire but cannot have or afford. Rice cakes are staples of Korean cuisine. Mm-hmm. They can be eaten as a snack, but often make their most notable appearances in more formal or celebratory affairs. Uh, culturally, they're associated with fortune and giving. Hmm. Culturally in America, they're, so, they're associated with garbage. And blandness, yeah. There's a, uh, you know, Cosby, you know, he's obviously a, a piece of garbage. Right. But there was a joke from the Cosby show where he was, um, he was uh, on a diet. You know, he's supposed to be on a diet. Right. And uh, his wife told him that he was allowed to eat, uh, Clara Huxtable right. that he was allowed to eat, uh, rice cakes? um, rice cakes. And she's like, they're, they're delicious. Zero, t- uh, she's like zero calories, zero sugar. And he took a bite. He's like zero taste, Right. not wrong. <laughs> and it's so funny that this like rice cake in a picture as like, that's like the Holy grail. Like, oh, I want that rice right. cake, but it's in a picture. So I can only dream of it. Interesting. That is really and interesting. It's like rice cake is like, if I'm punished. Right. They're, Even if you put some bananas or whatever on it, or peanut butter, it's still like... Even Nutella. rice cake in general, yeah. it's like it's too thick. It's like, I don't really like rice cakes.
0: Right. Me. Yeah, me either. I'd rather have a saltine cracker. There, I said it. Okay, fair enough. Um, interesting. All right. Well, my next untranslatable for you, Jared, is uh, also German, and it is Katzensprung.
1: Okay. Well, the direct translation is cat. Spring or awakening or cat jump. Cat a jump sprung is would be like a that, jump. Well, That's what I meant by spring. Oh, got, by
0: oh, oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Um,
1: cat jump. Does that mean light and like quiet or stealthy, subtle? Nope. A katzensprung okay.
0: sprung is like something that's not very far away.
1: Okay, so like it's a cat jump cats away. Can jump pretty jar- cats can jump pretty far. You know what the uh, English
0: untranslatable form of that would be? What?
1: I don't know if this is a skipping skip, thing or and not. jump away. There you go. Ooh, yep. All right.
0: Yep. There you go. I'm fixing I to go that somewhere that's up. a hop, skip, and jump away. Well, yeah. 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 Nice. Pretty solid. Uh,
1: so I got one for you that is Persian. Oh, nice. Okay. okay. And it goes kar to, kar to uh, excuse me kar to kare.
0: Okay, and what do those words mean?
1: And so uh, I think one thing I noticed, by the way, it's car K-H-A-R-T-O-O mm-hmm. is the middle word, mm-hmm. then K-H-A-R-E. And so the phrase, the literal meaning is there's a donkey inside of this donkey. So I'm going to guess that kar hmm. is Persian for donkey. That would be my educated guess. Because the phrase is car to Kare.
0: Interesting. And so I a assume donkey maybe inside of a donkey?
1: Maybe the second donkey is some sort of different conjugation or some plural or something right, like that. Right, could be.
0: Is it, um, is it um, like uh, like monkey see monkey does? No. Okay.
1: It is a phrase that signifies chaos or disorganization. So if you show up to a, at a meeting and everyone's late, no one, uh, no one knows the agenda and everyone's in a disarray, you simply say, there's a donkey inside of the donkey. And everyone will know exactly what you mean. And I believe it's uh, a fairly common phrase. Oh,
0: interesting. Okay. Well, Jared, I only have one more untranslatable for you.
1: I think the uh, the English version of that untranslatable would be, I can't even.
0: <laughs> right.
1: That's true. <laughs> I
0: literally That's can't true. even. Right. Um, all right. So my last untranslatable, I had to give you a check one, of course. Of so course. My...
1: I mean... Th- we're we're working on your polyglottism. That's right. Well
0: well right now I made it Well, sound like it's well like right now we're just disorder. working on my check. We'll, we'll work on the other languages when I have polyglottism. <laughs> right. So this one I is, have to rub cream on my uh <laughs> I guess your your face Go muscles ahead. or your tongue or your vocal cords, right? <laughs> Anyways, this word is uh well it's two words. Um zaplatit uh mylant. Zaplatit my hmm Zap- zaplatit mailand is it food based no zaplatit means to pay and and okay. and mailand is uh or, oh i think it's mailand zaplatit mailand would you say see that's the uh, emphasis yep, the, the emphasis stress. <laughs> exactly and uh that means like mailand or my, land, uh, my, uh, my land in german or milan so can i so to pay in milan mm-hmm. so can i ask you this yep. if you
1: were um at a restaurant or bar or whatever, mm-hmm. cafe mm-hmm. in Czech Republic, could you say uh, some Zepatit or some conjugation of zepetit in order to ask to pay or ask for your bill? Almost as if you could say Bit silent bita?
0: Um, actually, no, not yet. I usually do the finger up, and then they'll come. I don't mean you specifically, oh. but I mean could one say that oh, yeah. to ask for the bill? Yeah, I forget what the word is, um, but yeah, there is a but word. But it's not I, thi- um, I don't think so. I think you say like the Czech word for, for like the, the bill, please okay okay mm-hmm. yes okay but anyway so the literal translation of this idiom is to pay milan or to pay my land like that's a german word any ideas what this but means this, this, this the country the city of milan in yes. italy mm-hmm. it's, it's expensive exactly overpriced exactly uh-huh exactly yeah there we go mm-hmm. there we go i deserve that horn. you do yes sir Yes, sir. Um, so do you have any... Un- I think that was it for our untranslatables today, wasn't it? Uh, yes. All right. Well, great. Sir. I, uh, uh, I have one more Persian one I could give you if you want uh, while we're here. Let's, let's save it for later. All right. Let's save All it right. for later because I want to uh, move on. Chad likes to keep people guessing. Right. I want to move on to our song in the pod this episode because this is a fantastic song. Okay, um, if that's wow, fantastic song I mean, I'm a, I've been a huge fan of the song now since about 2016 So, so uh, how did you discover the song? First, uh, uh-huh. Introduce it to the people yes. first And then tell us yes, how sir. you discovered it So to all of our uh, dear listeners out there The song of our pod, this episode is called Wunsch dir was, which means like Wish something for yourself By this German rapper called Genetic. Um, but it's also worth mentioning The intro of the song is like sung by a child's choir which was originally used yes. in the song Wunsch der Was, same title, by die Totenhosen, which is like a German rock and punk group. So this guy took that and sampled it and then rapped, you know, rapped a, wrote a really good song. Um, Do you know if they if, if he got their blessing? I, I would imagine so. I mean, don't you have to legally in order to I
1: mean he got their I'm sure he got their they got uh, the blessing, at least financially. Right, I, I would imagine <laughs> so. I'm not.
0: I'm not sure how all that works. To be completely honest with you, but yeah,
1: I, I mean, I'm sure there was definitely a financial they're getting paid for. it. But I meant right. like.
0: And I how so? How did you stumble upon this song? So I actually asked a uh, a German friend of mine. So shout out to uh, my buddy Kenny. Uh, shout out to Kenny. Right. I asked him if he could give me some like German music that I, I would be able to use. This was while I was teaching. Over the summer in Germany to a bunch of college students and I said what what would be some good German songs to use in our classes because a lot of the rap music in German, you know, there's a lot of profanity. Um, and there are just words I don't want to have to explain and teach to my students, right? If they want to learn those right. words, they're more than welcome to learn them. But I'm not going to spend... That fick me
1: in us? Oh, God, uh, God. How do I explain oh that? Oh, God. Huh. Yeah,
0: yeah, let's just, let's not even go ask there. Ask your mom.
1: Ask your mom. Right,
0: right. Ask your host parents. Don't actually do that. But, um, <laughs> but yes. Yeah,
1: so, some, ni- <laughs> some nice old grandma. Right?
0: Well, th- the irony is we do have some host parents that are significantly older. So that would be bad. But anyways... <laughs> so um, so I asked him, and he said, well, this is a really good song. It has good meaning, um, and, and and it's very catchy. And so I thought, all right. this." And so we actually use this in one of my German courses. Um, and, yeah, so it starts out, like I said, of like a, a children's choir singing the intro to Wunsch um, dir Was from the the, um, the Die Totenhosen, or the Dead Pants, if you were to translate that. And they say, es kommt die Zeit. Are, there,
1: are they also mm-hmm. Die Totenhosen? Are they also a punk style band
0: yeah die Totenhosener punk and genetic is rap yeah right but right. um uh, yeah. yeah so i did listen
1: to the song right i was i, I, was, I, forgot. You're good. I wasn't sure about
0: you're good so so the so the intro is um es kommt die zeit uh in das wünschen wieder hilft and it turns out that this this kind of style actually if you go back it's a similar beginning kind of to um fairy tales believe it or not which is also kind of interesting. Um, but, okay. but basically the intro saying like the time has come where, where we need to wish or wishing will help um, wish something for yourself. Right. And then um, um, uh, and genetic uh, fun fact is actually um, Caruso, which is the, one of the rappers names. And then I forget the DJ's name.
1: So, Wait, say that again? Say that again. Oh, it's a it's a group Yeah, it's two or three guys. Okay, okay. I think I think th- you yes. meant it was like two different people. And so he says a pseudonym. Right.
0: So so here what I really like is so I'll I'll just try to translate this on the fly for our listeners out here. So the first line he says "So viele Wünsche wir Polyglot baby." Right. Well, well not yet <laughs> where we're getting there. Don't jump the gun too much on me, Jared, but uh but so this says The pressure's say, on now. Not right. that I said that. So he says "So viele Wünsche wir wollen zu viel." Rap stars and groupies, nun sehen wir nicht, dass von uh, den Diamantenketten Blut trifft. So what this means is, so many wishes, we want too much uh, rap stars and groupies, but we don't see that our diamond chains are like causing blood, right? What's trifend mean? Trieft Uh, trieft is, is, I'm pretty sure it's kind of like to cause, um... Okay. But now
1: I, I don't see I did not mean to call you out on the one word that you wrote right. like uh, Well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's
0: more or less to cause or caused, but I've, um, I don't think
1: I've ever heard that word before.
0: To cause but what would be another oh, No, word to for, like, no, I'm wrong, completely wrong. Sorry, it's to ooze or to run. So it causes okay. blood to run. That makes sense. Causes right. blood to run or blood to What would trickle? be the word for cause? There is a word for cause. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but that obviously wouldn't work with the song. But anyways, so... <laughs> it's a little Right. <laughs> um, ooze sounds a little better. Right. To ooze or to drip or to run, like like water running. Uh-huh. So so that, that basically... Basically, I'm actually not going to translate this um, line for line because that'll take us a while. Because there's quite... Now I'm looking at it and there's quite a bit. But basically, the meaning of the song is that we... When we wish for something, there are consequences, right? When we... Especially if we get what we wish for... There might be unforeseen consequences, right so that diamond chain that you have, you know, well, th- like if you've ever seen the movie Blood Diamond, which is a great movie and has a lot of truth to it, um, you know I mean there are these these poor people in Africa who are mining for these diamonds and they're and they're being beaten and and they're in poverty and all this stuff um, so yeah and but See, one of my favorite things for this song is um... He says, uh, "Wir sind gierig und das ist was uns vernichtet," which means "We are greedy, and that's what will destroy us." Basically, that's what I l- I love about the song of the pod,
1: especially when it's uh, something that you can translate on the fly. For mm-hmm. example, is that um, it, I, I can grow, like the appreciation for a song can grow mm-hmm. exponentially just by hearing. It's like, oh, yeah, no, like, like there have been uh, pl- plenty of songs that I've heard where it's like, e- even um, songs in English, like the, uh, like the uh, Brushy One String, mm-hmm. where it's like, once I read this and look at it in, like, in form, how it's supposed to be written, it's like, oh, this is like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that this is poetry, but I still might say that, but I'm, it's like, it's like, oh, there's so much more to this than, than you think just by, and that's what I love right. about the Song of the Pot is like discovering what's actually behind some oh, of these absolutely. lyrics that you just listen to, and it's like, it sounds cool. Oh, yeah. But they're actually, sans- or, or like the Capadeza song. That's a great mm-hmm. example. Right. Whereas like it's it it's sounded super like goofy, but it's like about the lifestyle of an immigrant in a foreign right. country trying to uh, fit well, in. Well, now
0: that you mention that, you know that the song 99 Red Balloons or 99 Luftballons is actually House about to war. Yeah,
1: so there <laughs> you go. It's about war. It's about war. It's a, I'm pretty sure I it's about the Cold not War. not know that. Yeah. So, also, is, is, was that supposed to be some sort of like sign of love or something or peace?
0: No, it's about the Cold War and the consequences of well, war. That's what I'm
1: saying. Was that? Sp- Oh, 99 red balloons. Mm-hmm. What are, what are the red balloons supposed to represent?
0: Oh, why are you asking me this now? I, I'm not sure. You brought it up. Well, I just brought it up. To, <laughs> I just brought it up to prove the point that there are songs that can be very kind of upbeat sounding, but have a right, very deep right, message. Right, right, right. And speaking right, right, of deep right. mes- messages, I want to talk about the hook um, or or the chorus. So he says, "Das Leben ist kein Wunschkonzert," which just means like you can't get everything in life that you want, right? Um, like excess
1: of it's, right. it's, it's see that's another untranslatable right word. Wish concept. right, and that's a great thing. But about I think German. he's
0: just saying like an excess of uh, wishes, right, right. It's like you can't go crazy exactly. on wishes. And then he says, "Doch jedes Leben ist ein Wunderwerk," so every life is like a like this beautiful, amazing thing, Piece right? Of work, right? Yeah. "Du musst dran glauben, dann erfüllt sich das," so you have to believe in it, then it will fulfill itself. But, denke nach bevor du machst und wünsch dir was. But think about, like, but really think about it before you do it and wish it, right? So, I'm actually, you can maybe you can see it. I'm getting goosebumps translating this right now because it's, it's really <laughs> great. Is,
1: the song's really growing on me now that, because, I, you know, I, that's the thing also about listening to songs, even though it's German and mm. I understand German, to me, for, to listen to a new song, I have to give it a couple of times before I oh, really sure. know what they're talking about. So I gave this song a couple listens, and I was like, you know, it sounds good, and I I enjoy some of the lines, but once I actually hear it, I'm like, oh, see, I love this. There's so much more to this. It is super
0: catchy. But here's the other other thing I also want to share with our listeners um, before we um, switch gears. It also makes the video make a little more sense, too, by the way. Oh, for sure. The video is really interesting, too. But anyways. Yeah. All their faces are covered. Right. Right, and I think they, they tend to do that um, most of the time, and I think they do that just so they can live normal lives. Right. But anyways, I also want to share with our listeners um, the second um, – oh, shoot, Jared, what's the English word for strofa? The second, like, paragraph or the second – stanza, uh, oh, uh, stanza. Uh, stanza. Thank you. The second stanza. So here he says – Um. um I love this line. He says, Ich habe mir ein self-made deal gewünscht und bekommen. So like I, I made a deal with myself and, and got it. Zum, I love zum, the self-made throw in right, there too. Right. Zum Glück ist, ich muss nie wieder zurück zu McDonald's. So I'll never, thankfully I'll never have <laughs> to I'm go lucky. back to McDonald's, but this is the part I really love right here. Doch fast jeder Wunsch hat eine Kehrseite. Mehr Geld, mehr Probleme, mehr Feinde. So what he says here is, um, on the contrary, almost every wish has a Kehrseite, an opposite or a consequence, right? Um, right? It's other side, more money, more problems, and more enemies. Um, so, yeah. So, so, once again, I'm getting I'm chatta here. I'm getting goosebumps. Uh, that's, that's the music that Chad uses to hustle. I mean, honestly, dude i, I usually more money, more problems. I usually listen to this song before I go to the gym. To be
1: honest. Oh, and here it, we go. It is a good pump-up song, is. especially once you know what they're talking about. Right. It's like, don't forget about the haters. Just do
0: yourself. Exactly. Do you? But also be careful and, uh, what I, you wish for. Right. But right here too, I also like this. He says eines Tages stehen wir auf, dann kommt der Boomerang zurück. So one day we'll we'll stand up, but then the boomerang comes back. So so mm-hmm. what you wished. You know the consequences will will come back and hit you, and then and then like I said uh, a few minutes ago, und die Moral von der Geschichte and the moral of the story, wir sind gierig, we we are greedy, und das ist was uns vernichtet. So we are greedy, and that's what will basically destroy us or cause our downfall.
1: I a hundred percent agree with that statement mm-hmm. as well. Oh yeah, and I think I I think you know I, I I've mentioned before how I why how I don't think racism is going to get any better, and, right. and how I don't think. And and I think all that's all that goes together. How it's just all built around greed, mm-hmm. and how, that's why I think how that's exactly why the economy goes in cycles of being and uh, going great, and then cycles of being terrible. Is because it's all it all just there's always some times where where there's uh, you know we build up a bubble, right. and we can't sustain this bubble because it's just built in greed. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And then from the and then from there the bubble breaks, and you have to start mm-hmm. over. But then you know, you know, you know. A couple years later, you think you're doing well again, and then you start getting a little greedy again and building that bubble again, and then it just happens. It's just, it's unavoidable. Oh, for sure.
0: Well, Jared, we got pretty deep and philosophical with that, so we're gonna lighten things up a that, little bit.
1: I'm glad you chose that song Thank because I, I didn't give it much thought when I first listened. It's a great to it. song.
0: So we'll we'll also post that on our Twitter. So please give it a listen. It's a fantastic song. Yes. But now I want to lighten. Translatable one. Exactly. And I want to lighten things up a little bit, Jared. And I got two jokes for you this evening. So my first joke for you is: What do you call an alligator that's a thief? Uh, a croco thief?
1: <laughs> oh, a geez.
0: crocodile. Okay. You were so close. close. <laughs> you were so close.
1: I was actually surprisingly close. See, the reason I thought it wouldn't be that is because people. Any nerd will tell you that well, sure. crocodiles and alligators are different sure.
0: things. Oh, well, yeah, of course. But <laughs> but these are corny jokes, so we got to do with what we can, right? <laughs> All right, Jared, and this is, this is the last one I got for you. Um, and and uh, this one I kind of changed and altered so I could ask you a question because, you know, I love to involve you in, in these corny jokes. So here yes, we go. I,
1: I like to be able to try to guess them, even though I always just end up being mad, and I also love no to idea. hear
0: your responses too because they're genu- genuinely, genuinely <laughs> like creative and, and funny. So, I was pretty close on the last were, one, I will you say. You were, um, so this next one is why do teachers like whiteboards?
1: Um, well, that almost got racist. No, Ooh.
0: this is not a racist <laughs> no, joke, <I'm> thankfully.
1: <laughs> why do teachers like no room
0: boards? for racist jokes on this pod?
1: Uh, I don't know why do teachers like whiteboards because
0: they're quite remarkable. Okay, right? Because you can. I like you, that. Right?
1: You get it? Because you can. I remember one time, uh, one of my teachers in math class. Uh, he was he, he he was the funny thing is he's a certifiable genius in the mm-hmm. sense that he is in Mensa. Okay. Um, he whipped out a sharpie. And started writing on the dry erase board with a sharpie, Uh-oh. and everyone in class was watching it. And because we're all dicks, <laughs> we just let it happen right. for a bit. But uh, someone said something, and he caught it quick enough where you could spray it with a uh, oh, you know, nice. normal spray nice. and got it off. But like we, like he, did, it did take some elbow grease just, to get that off. Oh, I believe it. And 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 I, every time I bring that up to other people, it's like that. Why did you let him do that? <laughs> and it was like, first of all, we were at sixteen or seventeen, uh, still old enough to know. That better, was one though, of the most. But- Oh for sure. I mean, we knew we weren't tell we knew we we were purposely not telling right. him. Right. <laughs> right. But that was entertainment for us idiots back then. Oh, for sure. For sure. We're simple-minded people. Yeah, that's true. Um That was I, I I I those were pretty good jokes. Thank you. I'll always give you a little bit more leeway when I'm involved in them, obviously. Right. I don't blame you. But I did like that second one cuz obviously it got me uh jabbering.
0: Right. Um okay, one second. Let me just make sure I have the right Person, because now I want to give us our quote. Um, but hold up one moment here. I gotta make sure I can find this dude's last name. I thought I had his last name there, and Egg is nowhere to be found. So one moment. Let's see here. Ah, okay, perfect. So our quote of the pod this evening is: um, Travel makes one modest. You see what a tiny place you occupy in the world, and this was said by um, Gustave Flaubert. And I actually who that? <laughs> and I actually don't really know much about this guy, but I really liked that quote. And I thought he was actually a French novelist. Can you say it one more time. I liked it too. The, oh, the quote? Absolutely. Oh, you do know who that is? He's a French novelist. He is. Um, but uh, the quote is: "Travel makes one modest. You see what a tiny place you occupy in the world." Gustav Flaubert. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, yeah, for sure. I think it really puts things things into perspective when you travel,
1: especially when you're in a place when the, uh, you, they don't speak your language. Oh, for sure. And and, and you know, and I made a comment. I just this is a uh, kind of a side comment that I made a while ago that kind of stuck with me, is that um, Americans, we Americans, sometimes forget that we're also foreigners
0: to the right. majority of the oh, world. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think we're privileged in a lot of ways, but we do need to check ourselves. I would agree. Right. Well, Jared. And I think
1: you, when you're, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off go your beautiful. Go ahead. Uh, but like when you're in like uh, situations like that, it's like you can't be helped, be forced, but you, like, you're can't be, you can't help but to remember that you're that tourist. I mean, exactly. excuse me, that you're that foreigner. That's right. what I meant to say.
0: And also that tourist, uh, if you are being right. a tourist.
1: Right. According to the uh, official quiz. It, exactly. We, we only do things here the
0: official way. That's for sure. Uh, but I love mm-hmm. it. That's a good feeling. Yes. It's a and, good feeling. And to as Jared said earlier this episode, um, I like to change things up on Jared and on you, our listeners, so you guys don't get too bored. And so I figured we would end tonight with a checkword of the pod instead of a quote. Although that quote would have been great to end on, I think this checkword of the pod will be even better. And I think, and we got to keep you on your polyglot toes. That's right, or your polyglot tongues, if you will, because um, that's such a beautiful image to ah. have, right? Anyways, <laughs> anyways, I want to give you all our lovely the joke listen, of the pod got snuck in there, right? I want to give all of our listeners um, this Czech word of the pod. Actually, it's two words today, which is Hesky weekend. Do you have any idea, Jared, what that means? Hesky weekend
1: is the second word. Anything to do with weekend? It, yes, it does. Have a good weekend. Yes, sir oh shit that's
0: right so exactly because so I would go ahead so I would like to wish all of our listeners out there a very Heshki weekend and we hope to hear you hear from you all via our twitter untranslatable one please check us out on instagram untranslatable podcast and send in your untranslatables your tourist do's and don'ts to untranslatable podcast at gmail.com thank you all so much